Hello, Internet. Uh, I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. So, here's the thing. This is uh, part two of last week's episode about wedding receptions. Now, I know this is weird, but what ended up happening was... <laughs> but what ended up happening was we lost... Well, it got a little jumpy, a little skippy, and it was just unlistenable. So we lost the second half of the episode. So we wanted to re-record. We didn't want to leave you without the advice. So this is kind of a, a, a an additional, Schmaner's additional. Sure. Um, part two. So if you would like to hear all about like the history and how wedding receptions came to be a thing, check out part one. Um, and this is part two, answering people's questions. The episode this week uh, coming out Friday is going to be about facial hair and the history of it and the etiquette of it. So if you have any questions about the hows and the whys and the wherefores of facial <laughs> hair, uh, you can tweet them at us at SchmannersCast, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, or you can uh, post them in the Facebook group. Um, How interesting. We've never done a live call out for the next show. I know, right? But here we are. BB's joining us. You can hear her. She's not, just in case you're wondering, she's not crying. She's talking. And this is what babies sound like when they don't have consonants or verbs. Mm -hmm. Only noise. Anything you'd like to share with everyone, BB? Question number one. This is question number one. Are you ready? Uh, I feel like I'm taking a quiz. I know, right? This is from Sam. And Sam asks, is it appropriate to ask the DJ to play the time warp? Um, I think that if you if you want to ask, that's fine. It's the DJ's prerogative to say no, though. You yeah. know, like <laughs> that's the thing. It's it's not uncommon now for for people to like make lists of songs for the DJ not to play. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how much anyone asks, don't play the chicken dance or whatever. And so, like, I I would say respect the wishes of the people organizing the wedding. Also, also, Sam, Sam, this is a, just keep this in mind. The Time Warp, Cupid Shuffle, Macarena, Chicken Dance, uh, Electric Slide. These songs are, everyone's a little bit relaxed. Maybe that's via some, some liquid refreshment. Or maybe it's just like, oh, we've already been dancing for a while. It's not first 15 minutes yeah. of, of the night kind of songs. You don't get the crowd warmed up with the Macarena. That's No, this is not a middle school dance. These are adults. So, you know, read the room and make sure it's the right time. And respect the DJ's... Uh, um Wishes? Wishes to say no? Yeah. Um, this is from Katrina. It's a good follow-up. Does there have to be dancing? Absolutely not. Um, it's your reception. You don't have to have dancing. I would say that if you don't want dancing, make sure that the space is not conducive to dancing. So um, make sure that there is no like big center stage. There's no like special dance floor. And you can arrange the tables in such a way to keep people from dancing. Um, even if it's only standing room, make sure that the amount of people really fits in that room and there's no room for dancing. Uh, we, uh, I do advise uh, music of some sort. Yeah, there should be some kind of background music, but not, you know, no club bangers. Yeah, That'll I mean, keep people from dancing. Yeah, maybe like a, a like a string quartet, something where it's like, oh, that's very pleasant, but mm-hmm. you're not going to like, you know, break down a funk. Is that a thing? That's not, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> break, 
break down the funk. You're not gonna break down the funk <laughs> to a string quartet. Um, but I, I, and this is just a side note. This is what you asked, but there's lots of like I, I would say semi-traditional. If you or if this thing is traditional in your neck of the woods, of like the couple's first dance, the parents with the people dance. That that once again is what you make it. You yeah, know? you don't have to have that if you don't want to. We did. I think our couple, our first dance is a couple. We encourage people after the first chorus to join us. It was a very long song. It's a very long song, and I'm just I I don't. Here's the thing: as a performer, this is weird for me to say, but it really makes me anxious when like people are just like watching you do something without like it. So like the idea of like now watch Teresa and I dance for four minutes was just too much. <laughs> Um, this is from Babs. At a wedding reception not too long ago, they opened it up for anyone to give a toast. How long is too long to speak for? Well, when you're part of the wedding party and you're giving a toast, I would always say keep it to five minutes or less. And that decreases exponentially for you as a as a participant in just the reception. Um, I think that like a paragraph you know, if that I was going to say like three senses. Hi, everybody. Just wanted to say real quick. I'm so honored to be here. This was a lovely occasion. I'm so happy for such and such and such and such. Congratulations and good luck on your new life. Out. Well, those were quite long sentences. Sure. Let's sure. let's say a paragraph, 30 a, seconds. A paragraph like a middle schooler <laughs> trying to like hit a paragraph quota for a yes. book report. <laughs> That's what you're looking for here. But yeah, because... It's one thing if you're like the, you know, if you're the best person or the something of honor and you want to like tell stories, that that's what that's there for. Right. You know what I mean? But if I will say also say this, if this is a everyone, everyone's allowed to doesn't mean everyone has to mm -hmm. don't feel pressured to stand up and clink your glass and say something if you got nothing to say um, and, and space it out, too. You know what I mean? If someone just finished, let them have their moment. Wait a couple minutes and then do it. Don't be like, and I'd like to add to that because it's just not a good luck to piggyback onto somebody else's moment. This is from May. Do I have to have a reception? I'm a pagan secular witch and I really just want to have a magical ritual and no big expensive after party. Am I good? I would say yes, you are good. Um, the thing is, you still want to be able to thank your guests for attending. So if you don't have a reception, I would encourage you to have a receiving line um, just so that you can shake hands and say thanks and they can they can offer their congratulations as well. The question was so much that this is like when you ask, am I good? Of course, you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like you're you're planning the schedule for the day. There's not gonna be like wedding police that bust in and they're like, you didn't have a reception. You're not married. Exactly. But there will always be people who are like, oh no reception, huh? Oh, okay. Like you're good to do whatever you want. Just know that there will be like traditionalist people who sit there and go like Oh, but if you don't have, what about cake? Oh, what about toasts? It's like, okay, you can have cake at home if you want, I guess. <laughs> uh, this is from Lisa. Is it bad manners not to offer your guests an open bar? Open bar, just so everyone knows, doesn't mean like a full bar. I don't know who wouldn't know this, but I've heard it from people. Open bar just means you walk up, you order whatever you want, and you get whatever without paying for it. Mm -hmm. So you should still tip. tip. If there's a tip jar there and people are taking tips... Tip, even if you didn't pay for the drink. It's good manners. Well, one common misconception is that there is just two sides of this coin, open bar and cash bar. And the reality is there are there's so much in between these things. So 
you can, I think that a good practice would be to offer the toast for free. So like if you're toasting with champagne, everybody gets that. Um, and then everything else is cash or you can do, uh, so many drinks are free. So like we did drink tickets, um, everybody got two drinks for free and then the rest they paid for themselves. Um, another option is beer and wine are provided and everything else requires cash. I mean, there's really just so many iterations of this and you don't have to stick to one or the other. Beer and wine is, I think, especially a good way to go if you're really concerned about this because you can do that. You can buy like cases of wine. You can buy like kegs of beer. Mm -hmm. Whereas with like, you know, liquor is just, can be a lot more expensive and you got to buy it you know it's individually portioned out as opposed to like beer i I don't think you have to worry about it i think that people will say like oh an open bar but it also depends on what you want if i i think it's also cool to not have a bar if you aren't a fan of drinking and don't want people to i mean i i think that there's a reason that at big social events people like to have a little bit of liquid courage here and there to deal with big crowds of people but it's definitely not necessary if you don't want alcohol at your wedding. And I think it's the same way if you're like, hey, if I have an open bar, people are going to get wasted. Cool. Don't have an open bar. That's up to you. Ditto. This question is from Anna. I'm the maid of honor. Am I required to mingle with the guests like the bride would do? What is my part at the reception? At the reception, still, really, your only uh, responsibility is to be indispensable to the bride. Um do whatever it is that she needs. Take care of her. Whether it is... You're the bride's wet works person. <laughs> you know? Take care of what needs taken care of. Whether it's helping her like cruise around the room to make sure she says hello to the people she wants to say. Or also cruising her away from people she doesn't want to talk to. Interference is, is an important job for the wedding party. Helping her go to the bathroom. Make sure, making sure her because hair of the is dress. Good. You mean because of the dress? Yes. Okay. Yes, that is one of the traditional duties. <laughs> Duty, um, duty. <laughs> I also think that, like, make sure that they eat something if yes. there's food provided so that they don't, like, make a plate for them so they don't get bogged down with people trying to talk to them. And, you know, just in general, if you are the type of person who's really comfortable schmoozing a room, yeah, cool. Like, I think it's totally cool of you to do that. But if you're not, yeah. that's not one of your, like, prescribed responsibilities. Really, your job is whatever they need you to do is the answer. Like, you're there to, like, not necessarily a gopher, but you're like their second. You know what I yeah. mean? You're there to make sure that they have a good time. Uh, this is from Nikki. How drunk is too drunk to get at a reception? You know, we've talked about this a couple times, and I really think that you really want to stay optimum level of drunk for you to still have your wits about you, but have that kind of warm and happy feeling inside. If If... You are the type of person who likes to get drunk. Once again, I just, I always like to clarify, because it's very easy. Teresa and I both uh, indulge in alcohol from time to time. So it's very easy to think about it from that perspective. But there are lots of people in this world who, for whatever reason, don't. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's a perfectly justifiable way to enjoy any social occasion, if if that's your thing. But But too drunk um, would be forgetting people's names, falling over. Um, feeling ill, any of that stuff. I mean, it just doesn't make for a fun time. I, I think that I, and I've been working on mindfulness a lot as far as like Zen and meditation stuff goes. And also just because of ADD, it's really important for me to stay in the moment or else I can never find my keys. And I think that you should drink mindfully. 
Like if you suddenly realize like, I can't remember how long, how many drinks have I, did I finish this already? That's bad. Like you should be sitting there thinking like, okay, I'm going to nurse this for a while. I'm not like just going to drink this mindlessly. I'm going to, that kind of thing is Mm -hmm. always a good way to go. So you don't let yourself like suddenly like, oh no, I finished that way too fast and now I'm drunk. I just don't do that. Be the, my my joking answer is always be, be the least drunk or don't be the most drunk person at the party. Yeah. But like, don't be so drunk that the next morning you're going to regret that you did it. (laughs) It's It's a good answer. This is from Jesse. Kids table or should they all just sit with their parents? There are pros and cons to both ideas. Um, Having a kid's table encourages the kids to have fun with each other and hang out, um, but also be aware that you still need to make sure they have supervision. Um, And you might also have to cater specifically to that kid's table, whether it's with things to do or a different table setting or, um, you know, different food, even special food. Um, but then if you sit them with their parents, it could make their parents a little less sociable, but they're, but the parents are directly responsible for watching over them. Um, again, you may have to provide special place settings for, for children to sit with their parents, but I think it's whatever you really want to do. Um, kids above a certain age, I think are, are really great at doing the kids table. Um, but kids below a certain age are not. So I, like, would, I wouldn't put a bunch of like two or three year olds at a kid's table. Absolutely not. I would say that if you're going to have a, a kid's table, you should probably have children who are around the age of 10 at the kid's table. Um, that's a good, good even kind of number for that. Um, but if the children are not full time in school, they definitely should not be at the kid's table. This is from Kalia. Is it rude to leave before the cake cutting if it's late in the reception? If you really gotta go, then it's okay to go. I would recommend that you catch the eye of the couple and give them a a quick thank you or a wave or something if it is very early in the reception. But if you've been there for a while and you just have to go, go ahead and go. But you'll miss out on cake. Cake is delicious. But if you're okay with that, I think it's fine. It's a very specific thing to me that you would that you would ask about the cake cutting. Is that like a traditional like after that you're golden? Well, remember we talked about how it's about kind of a good luck tradition where everybody at the um the ceremony or reception or whatever eats a piece of the cake and that's that's guaranteed good luck and fertility and whatever for the couple. Gotcha. Uh this question is from Jess. If I elope Have I forfeited my right to a reception later? That's interesting wording that you say forfeited my right. And the the answer to that question is absolutely not. No, you can party whenever. Um, But do I think that there are going to be some traditionalists that you invite maybe to your, your reception who are like, they can't have a reception. They eloped. I didn't get to go to a ceremony. I'm not coming. Sure. There are going to be people who do that. Um. But if you want to have a party and open your your yourself as a as a couple up to society, which is what we talked about the reception being, I think that you can. I, I, because I mean, to put this in a different perspective, I've seen lots of people in this day and age who like maybe they're from different states or they do like a destination wedding, 
And so then they hold a reception or a follow-up thing in, you know, the other place, in their other home state or back home, so that the people who couldn't make it to the ceremony can still join them. I, I think at this point, it's the answer is whatever you want to do and whatever people show up to is okay. Yes. Um, this question is from Jonathan. What are some appropriate party favors? Ooh. Well, as far as party favors go, I think that you can never go wrong with a, a small satchel of candies. Um, those are, are pretty universally liked. There's specific ones for weddings that I've heard of, like um, Jordan Almonds or After Dinner Butter Mints. Keep in mind the uh, your, your setting when you're doing that. Like if you were going to be doing an outdoor wedding on like an 85 degree, 90 degree day, maybe just like milk chocolates isn't a way to go. Probably not. You know, that kind of thing. Um, also something, I, th- I think that it should be small enough that you should be able to fit it in a pocket. Um, so a really good idea, I wasn't there, but, um, at Justin and Sydney's wedding, Travis received a small, um, embossed shot glass. I think that's a really great idea. It's got the names, the dates, all that kind of good stuff on it. Um, but it's small enough to fit in your pocket. I think a good rule of thumb is anything that you can get in either in bulk or in a high enough number that everyone gets one, but without it being something that breaks the bank while still feeling like something like the the difference between like you wouldn't want to give everybody one mini Hershey bar. Mm -hmm. Like that's not a thing. That's what you give trick or treaters, not wedding guests. But you also don't want to give everyone like a solid gold pocket watch with crystal inlay. Like, yes, it cost me $150,000 <laughs> just for the fa- Like, that's too much. But something that feels like I th- I wanted you to have something to take away. But, like, that's all it is, is I thought of you kind of thing. Right. And how about this as, as a good rule? The less, ex- like, the less expensive it is, the more care and time you put into it. You wouldn't want to give everyone a fun-size Hershey bar, like you said, but... Maybe if you make a special bag of candies that are special to the couple, maybe one likes Mike and Ike's and the other one likes Lemonheads. Well, like our friends Justin and Maggie, they for theirs, they had candy bars that like the wrappers were specially printed wrappers with like pictures of them and like, you know, things about them. Cute little sayings and yeah. such. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Now, Justin and Maggie also did succulents. <laughs> I think, Justin and Maggie, if you're listening, a little overboard, but it was very nice. <laughs> Um, Crystal asked, how many I need to go outside to breathe moments is one with social anxiety allowed to have? If you are a guest at a reception, you should be able to, to excuse yourself whenever you like. Um, you really don't have any duties. So if you need to get some air, then I say that you need to go do it. As, as someone that can very much relate to this, I, I am an extrovert and I love people. But I do have social anxiety, especially when it comes to crowds and stuff like this and going and small talk, especially small talk. Oh, small talk. But I I think that the answer is part of social anxiety in the circumstances is the feeling like everybody's like watching and judging your actions. But I'll let you in on a secret. If it ain't your wedding. Nobody's looking at you. No one's looking at you. You can just step outside whenever you want to. And no one's going to be like, huh, in this party with 200 people, I've noticed the absence of one person. It's not going to happen. Um, so I, I don't think you have to worry about like, oh, I keep excusing myself. I don't think you need to worry about excusing yourself. Now, if you are the couple, if you're one of the people throwing the wedding, 
I think at that point, this is something that you can rely on your um, on your party for. That if you're like, hey, I, I'm, I might get overwhelmed. If that happens, I'll let you know. And I may need to duck away if you guys could cover for me. That's a it's a good time to rely on on your on your your party for that. Absolutely. Um, but I think the fact that you have social anxiety and you're there at all to support the people you care about um, getting married is very cool. Very good manners. Very proud of you. Uh, this question is from Maya. Is it rude to invite guests to the reception, but not the ceremony? There are so many extenuating circumstances about these kind of things that I think that it is not rude if you choose to have a small ceremony uh, and then a large party to invite people to the reception who you didn't invite to the ceremony. However, I would caution against inviting people to the ceremony and then not inviting them to the reception. It feels more of a slight. We didn't want to pay for food for you. Exactly. The How many people are at the ceremony is free, but you're not worth the $20 meal is what it is kind of what it reads like. Yes. Whether that's what you mean or not. I mean, it does cost more money in many cases to do the reception than to do the ceremony. But I, I agree with you very much. So yes to the first way of small ceremony, big party. Probably bad idea to the second way, big ceremony, small party. I would also say as far as the, um, you know, a small ceremony, big party, I think that it has to be that it can't be. So, for example, if you wanted to, if your ceremony can hold 150 people, don't then turn around and invite 160 people to the mm, reception yeah. because then it's like to those 10 people like hey you didn't make the cut it's different if it's like our ceremony could only hold 20 and we invited 100 people to the reception versus like you two are the only <laughs> people that didn't get invited to the ceremony but the reception short like that's that's a slight you know what i mean because that's like hey you didn't make the cut you know versus yes. restrictions this is from Jean. If attending a wedding reception that is based in a different culture or has vastly different traditions slash rituals, to what degree are the guests expected to participate or not? Ooh. Um, I think that it would really depend on the atmosphere. I, I, I hate to borrow your phrase, but read the room to see if this is something that everyone is participating in. Um, for example, uh, a traditional dance, maybe, that everyone has been invited to to dance along, whether they know the steps really or not. Um, that would be that would be a great time to participate. But if you get to the point where there's some kind of um, maybe if it's a re religious ceremony, maybe they have some sort of like prayer or sending off or, or something like that, being respectful. Of that is really all you can do if you don't know the words. I would also say as far as like, say, traditional dress goes, I I would say from my point of view, and I'm not an expert on this, but I would say, don't assume that you're supposed to wear that. Ask if you if you think you're supposed to and you want to. But I, I would never show up to uh, a, a, a wedding that is being hosted in the tradition of another culture dressed as someone from that culture without first checking with the, you know, the couple or the person organizing the wedding or something. I think, uh, to your point, I think that if you, when in doubt, if you're, wait to be invited, 
is always a, a good way to go about it. You yeah. know what I mean? One last question from Sarah. As a bride, am I expected to spend the whole evening visiting with guests? Is it neglectful if I dance a lot? Absolutely not. It's not neglectful if you dance a lot. You do need to receive everyone um, or, you know, mostly everyone. A good way to get around this is to do that kind of um, group introduction that maybe the DJ helps out with. Uh, presenting so-and-so and so-and-so and and then everybody claps and all that kind of stuff. Um, That's a good way if you have a large reception to greet kind of everyone at once. Um, I don't think that that it's necessary that you spend like 10 minutes with every guest and then never get to do anything else. It's a celebration of you and your significant other. So you should get to celebrate a little bit. I can't remember if I said this in the first part or not, but it it always bears repeating for me. People will tell you your wedding's not about you. It's about your guests. That is incorrect. It is about you. It's it. You should think about your guests. And to some degree, it's not all about you, but it's, it's a big event being held in your honor. You should enjoy it. If you want to dance, you should dance. I, I think that at a certain point, it's always nice to take a little break, especially if, like, you haven't gotten to check in with everyone yet. But, like, if you're enjoying a dance with someone, don't sit there and think, like, well, I shouldn't be doing this. Exactly. Like, if you're enjoying it, it's exactly what you should be doing. Uh, I think that's going to do it. Uh, thank you for being understanding of the two-parter here. Um, next week, like you said, or this week, I guess, in three days, <laughs> the episode is going to be about facial hair. So if you have questions about like the history of beards or uh, professions with beards, touching someone's mustache, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, whatever occurs to you, you can tweet at us at Schmannerscast. You can, um, you know, post it in the Facebook group. We'll, I'll, we'll I'll post make a thread thing. right after this. Um, go check out all the other shows on MaximumFun.org. Uh, I have a TV show on CISO.com right now. Uh, yeah. You know, we've talked enough. We've done two parts. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Uh, so thank you. Join us again next time. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.